quite unusual. Hello and welcome to the Quite Unusual podcast. Actually, welcome to the 100th episode of the Quite Unusual podcast. It's a fucking centennial event, it motherfuckers. Is 100 episodes, and I am Nicole Lanius. And I am Noel Krupa, and I promise for our 100th episode, Nicole, I promise to see these 100 times during this She's... episode. <laughs> I promise, that's my promise to you. I know you're going to do it. Uh, Noel is a little sneezy today, so. I am. Honestly, I don't think I'm sick. I think it's because I have to go to work like a fucking heathen. I live in purgatory. Life is terrible. I fucking miss you, Nicole. Being in the office sucks. It's it's the worst of all time, dude. The air is so dry and I'm miserable. And I'm always like, I should like go get lunch. Because I like wake up way too late and like don't fucking pack lunch. Mm -hmm. And then I spend like $19 on like Starbucks. Yeah, everything's so expensive now. Like a sandwich and fries is like $27. Everywhere. It is Tuesday. I have gone to work two times, have not gone anywhere else, and I have driven over 100 miles this week. How long does it take you to get to work? Like 45 minutes. Ugh. Yeah. Did I I already say I'm in purgatory? You're in purgatory. I live in hell. Hell is a place on earth. And it's called, uh, where's the little thing to hide the noise? It's called. That's. that's, I work at Record Scratch University. All right, where do I work? I work at a... And they can fuck themselves. <laughs> Record Scratch University. <laughs> I got fired from that job. Oh, yeah, right, right. Because yeah. you refused to go into the office. Yeah. I was like, why are we scratching all these records? Honestly, it's disrespectful, and they don't even make these anymore. <laughs> the company was just you scratching records. Yeah, it was well, well, this is a part two episode. This is the Donner part two. Yeah, two Donner, two party. Two Donner, two party. So, in part one, which I'm calling the history section, and I'm calling this section the unhinged history section. The cannibalism part? Yeah. That's when the cannibalism started. In the words of Marcus Parks, which I wrote into the script later. We, in part one, we chatted all about, um, I'm going to say the best part of their journey, like the real highlights. Yeah, I mean, their journey was never really great, but the the first part of this episode, they weren't eating each other. So that's yeah. something. Yeah, it's that's like good. It's like right? when you think you had like a really bad summer, and then you look back on it, and you're like, actually, it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. So they're all like sitting around a campfire eating each other, and they're like, actually, two months ago wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. Remember when we thought we were going to die in that like giant salt lake yeah. that was dried up? Hey, will you pass my dad's arm to me? Because I'm feeling a little buckish. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah so that was like really like their like summer camp if you will yeah so would you say that like the first half of this was the history and then like the second half we're really getting into the meat of things is there a fucking (laughs) drum drum beat here (laughs) there it is that's that's appropriate that's appropriate that one's also appropriate Moving along! <laughs> if you'll remember, the group started out down the Oregon Trail of Oregon Trail, the game fame, mm. with a bunch of their buds, like, just, like, way too late in the year. They're like, what if we left, like, a month after everyone told us? Yeah, know? it was it was honestly doomed from the start when they just didn't listen to what everyone told them to do. Yeah, no, is, 100%. And then they were like, what if instead of, like, taking the well-trodden path, we simply just fuck off down this mystery path that this man 
just made up like 10 minutes ago. This man says that he's traversed, but mm, are we sure that he did? He was like, yeah, this is fine and normal. Super chill. Go down here. You just go forward for like a while. And then you'll see a tree and you just go left. It's like so it's like so easy. He like wrote them little notes though and like nailed them to trees because yeah. you know that's cool and helpful and <laughs> fine to legit. do. Yeah. And they're like, Yeah, that sounds really good. I think we should definitely do that. Mm. And then if you remember, um, only bad things happened after that man who just made up his trail was supposed to guide them down the trail, but he left before the Donna Reed party arrived. Yeah. And then the gang had to travel through the Great Salt Desert where like they lost like a shit ton of oxen and horses to starvation or yeah. dehydration. Well, they also left the group too, remember? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They left the, the they splintered group. off. Yeah. Um some people took the like the actual Oregon Trail. And they're like, Yeah, we're just gonna like keep going down the highway and not like take this little like turn off that you think is going to be like <laughs> cool but like actually will not be cool at all but this one guy said would be okay yeah it's great uh you're gonna it's love right. it just keep going and you'll be fine for sure so anyways um we find our weary travelers with no option but to continue on the hastings trail towards the humble river while following the foot trail along the humble river the party ran into a small group of native americans called the paiutes who agreed to travel with the party and help guide them down the south fork of the river that was very nice of them. Oh, so nice. So nice for now. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was not nice later on. <laughs> Are you going to be our trustworthy narrator? I always am. One night, the Native Americans decided to leave the party just in the middle of the night. But first, they stole several of the group's oxen and horses. <gasps> wow. Yeah. I mean, they had it coming. I mean... Yeah, I'm going to say you think it sounds bad. Yeah. This is like we're at the top of a hill and mm-hmm. you're just going to like fall down and down. Oh, so this down. is the first of many bad everything, things. Everything to come. from right now is going to get worse. It is all downhill from here. Well, they got to go uphill, but then, yeah, it's all downhill. <laughs> they go up. They go up mountain. <laughs> it's all downhill. I mean, they physically are going uphill, but like. Spiritually. They're fucked. Actually, yeah, everything's downhill. Okay, I got it. By this time, it was the beginning of October, and the Donner Reed party was, like, honestly, like, just, like, doing really bad. They're like, it's terrible, but, like, how bad can it get? Like, things are going to look up. Yeah, and at this point, they can't turn around. They're closer to their destination than they are to home, right? Yeah, fully. Okay. Like, turn around every Donner now. I don't know, can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) But things were about to get, like, way worse. When the group experienced, um, I'm going to call their first actual murder. Whoa. Okay. Remember James Reed of Reed Party Donner fame? Reed Party fame? Yeah, of Double Decker Wagon He's the, fame. the the asshole, right? The yeah. one who's like, I'm so wealthy and nobody can have share my wealth in my yeah. Double Decker Wagon. Yeah, like of being like giant asshat okay. fame. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the reason that they took the Hastings Trail in the first place? <gasps> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's about to be known for uh, murder fame. What? Yeah. A a young man called John Snyder, who was a hired teamster for the Graves family, was by all accounts just like a really cool guy. Like he was noted as like, no, I like, okay. He was a really cool guy. He was like super chill. Okay. He was like, hang 10. They're like, what does that mean? He's like, you'll find out in like 200 years. He's like, sup? Yeah. Like, what do you, what art thou saying? What does that mean? 
Yeah. So uh, he was supposed to be like super, super cool. Um, he was noted as being very handsome. And everyone said he was like a really good dancer. What? No, yeah. they didn't. Dude, swear. I read this. There's the, like so many diaries. There's, there's so a, many diaries. He's in there as being a good dancer. Yeah, he was, like, fun. Like, he, like, lit the fires for them every night. Like, he was a good dancer. He, like, played the fiddle. He was, like, super handsome. Just, like, a super cool guy. Everyone liked him. He was a party guy. Liked to party. Yeah, he likes to party. Okay. He wears a tuxedo (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. Party in the front. Or business in the front, party in the back. Yeah, he also had a a mullet. mullet. Yeah. I've seen pictures of him. Yeah, he was really cool. Tuxedo (laughs) t-shirt, mullet, Mullet. cowboy hat. It's 1846. He's ahead of his time, man. <laughs> he was friends with like everyone in the group, even James Reed. They were all cool. Okay, they love this guy. Mm-hmm. While the whole group was just trying to like hold their shit together, like keep all their animals alive, and honestly, just like try to survive themselves. Right. A lot of tension was building up. Like you know, you're annoyed. You're hungry. You've been traveling through a desert. You're not having a great time. Yeah, close quarters with people, too, you know, always in a camp together. Yeah. Uh, People were hungry, people were tired, and they were just, like, super disillusioned by this whole thing. Like, it wasn't supposed to take this long, and they're just fighting for their fucking lives. Yeah, they're having a pretty rough time. And they're not even eating each other yet. (laughs) Not yet. And then a fight starts between James Reed and John Snyder. Like, just a tiff, like, nothing too serious. Two of the wagons that had been driving too close to each other got tangled up. Mm. So one wagon was Reed's wagon, and then the other one was being driven by John Snyder. So in an effort to push Reed's oxen away, John Snyder takes his whip, and he starts like kind of hitting him on the butt, like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. So Reed's hired teamster called Milt Elliott, which is my one of my favorite old-timey names of all time. <laughs> Milt, Milt Elliott. For a second, I just, like, glanced over the script, and I thought you, like, meant or, to write Missy Elliott. Yeah, so Missy Elliott was driving <laughs> these oxen, and, <laughs> and John Snyder's like, Missy Elliott, get your oxen out of here. So he's, like, hitting them on the butt with his whip. And then Missy Elliott yells at John Snyder and is like, can you fucking stop? But, like, in a really beautiful singing voice obviously and then it escalates and james reed is like why are you guys yelling don't yell at my guy don't hit my oxen my guy don't yell at him mm-hmm. and james reed runs up alongside snyder jumps in the wagon and is yelling in his face like directly in his face okay so snyder takes his whip and he whacks james reed on the face with it wow yeah which i don't know <sighs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking whip you guys. I'm going to whip a dog. Ma'am, please. This is a Wendy's. Ma'am. Sit. Good girl. Okay. So he hits him in the face with a whip, which I don't know if you have ever been hit with a whip before. But I have not been hit with a whip. <laughs> but thanks I for asking. No, I know it sounds so stupid. Um, but you know, I'm like a horse girl, right? So like, yeah, you know, like that. I know. Like, you have one in the basement. I've seen your whip. There's like four whips in the basement. You've got so many whips. I have so many whips <laughs> of like varying lengths and yes. toughness. You've got like an Indiana Jones one. You've got like a little short one that kind of looks like a sex one, but I know it's not. I know it's like four horses yeah they're all four horses or like <laughs> adventuring whatever right so you know that like dumb game that boys play where they like hit each other in the nuts yeah with like the towel and they yeah, so <laughs> every horse girl i know used to like we used to like whip each other 
But like you like hit your like your boots, so it like doesn't hurt. Right. But then like sometimes you miss and like you get yourself in or like someone in the leg and, and it get, like hurts. a welt. So fucking bad, dude. It's awful. So Snyder hit Reed in the face. In the face with the whip. Okay. Well, he was in his face. So Reed does the only reasonable thing he can do here. And he pulls out his knife and stabs John Snyder directly in the neck. What? He stabbed him in the neck with a knife? Yes. Neck and then under the collarbone. So he really, did he get the artery? Yeah, he got him like real good. Like no hesitation. Like it happens so fast that like, like the oxen are still moving and like this man like falls out of the cart dead. Jeez. Like in the snow. And everyone's like, what? What just fucking happened? So the party stops. Everyone stops. And they're like, okay. Well, the party actually did stop because Snyder died. It was like, hit that record scratch. He was the party. (laughs) That's what happened. (laughs) Everyone turned around. Wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) So everyone's like, did we just witness a murder? Uh, But at this time... In, like, the Wild West, basically, which was mm-hmm. at the time known as the Mexico Territory, it was basically, like, international waters. So, like, there were laws in America, but basically, like, whatever your party decided was law was what the law was. So, like, whatever happens on the Oregon Trail stays on the Oregon Trail. Cha. Okay. Then <laughs> um, at this time, George Donner, who had assumed the role as the party's leader again— so remember, it was, like, between him and, like, James Reed, and they were, like, kind of going back and forth and yeah, shit. Yeah, but, like, everyone liked him more, because James Reed was kind of a dick. Yeah, and James Reed, like, took them down the worst fucking, tra- <laughs> like, trail of all time, and everyone's like, yeah, you're not in charge anymore. You are revoked of your leadership. But I was just getting used to it. But I was like, what? Yeah, that's 100% what he sounded like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he sounded like. She tried to do her own impression of him. It wasn't that good. It wasn't very good. My daughter. She's not. No, she's not. No. She's really cute, though. So many people said that they loved hearing Jade yell. Well, she's going to continue to do it, and I'm never going to cut it out because it's just way too cute. So. ABY. Always be yelling. Always be yelling. <laughs> so George Donner, who was the leader again, was almost like a full day's ride ahead of this part of the group. Mm-hmm. So they didn't make a decision right away. Um but they all just, like, everyone around just, like, witnessed a murder of what I'm guessing is definitely the hottest, 100% the coolest member of this party. It's a real loss. Honestly? I bet all the women were like, are you fucking kidding me? So, on one hand, multiple people saw Snyder hit Reed. And some people also claimed that Snyder was hitting James Reed's wife with a whip. How did, but did, didn't he jump into Snyder's... He like jumped into the wagon. So why would his wife also jump? She one hundred percent did not do that. Okay. So, but this is being said, like, oh, like I saw him hit her also. Oh, okay. And this member of the party, Louis Kasberg, who please remember that name because we will talk about him and all of his favorite foods later. Are his favorite foods people? Soylent I'll never green. tell. Soylent green. I'll never tell. <laughs> Until later when I do tell. Okay. I can't wait. So this fucking guy, Louis the Cannibal Casberg, who <laughs> Oh, sorry. He's just like a Spoiler. raving. He's a raving lunatic. Okay. And he decides that they should hang 
read like immediately. Oh, I and like he, his style. And he starts building gallows <laughs> before anyone makes a decision of what to do. I'm sorry. This, let's just pause for a second. So these people are mm. literally like almost dying. Yeah. Their animals are dying. Yeah. They loot. They just got oxen stolen from them by a group of Native Americans who True. pranked them super hard. So hard. How do they have all of this extra materials? Okay, enough materials to build yeah. a set of gallows with. Do they just travel with that? I like mean, they, just in they case? do have like they do have like wood and fabric and rope, and they have like a lot of this. But stuff. But they're going to use it when they get to the spot they're supposed to get to. Yeah, but he's like, I'm just going to borrow this really quick and like just build a gallows. It's going to be fine. Oh, he is insane. So he immediately, like, immediately is like murder. Building a gallows. And, like, he's fucking hot and, like, hard for he's it, He's always dude. wanted to see a, a man hanged. Again, I assume. <laughs> he probably loves that shit. And the rest of the group was like, dude, you need to chill out. Like, we're all miserable. We're all probably going to die soon. So why don't we just kick Reed out of the group instead of murdering him? I mean, he's probably going to die on his own if he's, like, traveling by himself. Too, that's, so. like, honestly what they thought. Yeah. So that's exactly what they did. They gave James Reed a horse, and they gave him some crackers, and they were like, okay, good luck. You're probably going to die in the wilderness, just like us. Pocket crackers. Yeah, a pocket full of crackers. Oh. I got a pocket, got a pocket full of crackers. <laughs> and they, like, send him on his way, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, we're all going to die, but at least we don't have to die next to you. Because we kind of hate you. Yeah. Yeah. So he starts going away um while the rest of the party is burying poor John Snyder under some mm. trees by riverbank like almost exactly where he fell they're like we're just going to fucking who cares we're just going right. to bury him here and unbeknownst to the rest of the group James Reed's stepdaughter Virginia which seems to be one of the only names for women back in the day wasn't there another one that was like uh huh. what was it it was like Allison or something in the last one and you were like it doesn't seem or Alyssa yeah. or Am- Amanda that's Amanda. what it was yeah that's insane. It's either a, a Virginia or Amanda. There were only two names. And uh, what's what was the really cool one? Tamsin? Tamsin. That's yeah. my favorite Tamsin, name of all time. Yeah. yeah. Um, every Amanda ever been born knows how to use a cell phone. I refuse to believe otherwise. Yeah. I refuse to believe it was an old-timey name. I feel like someone just wrote it down wrong. And it was like supposed to be like Armanda or some fucking weird shit. Amandatha. Yeah. Definitely not fucking Amanda. <laughs> There's no fucking way. Okay? It was the first Amanda ever to be recorded. Yeah. It was on the Donner party. Yeah. So she, Virginia rides ahead of the rest of the group and she like takes a little detour and she brings James Reed some additional food and a rifle to help him survive before she rides back to the wagon train. Oh, so his whole family just stayed? Yeah. They were like, yeah, we're going to They stay. only kicked him out. <laughs> okay. And everyone was like, yeah, we have like 10 kids. Like, um, we like you, dad, but like, also we want to live. So yeah. And his wife was like, his wife was like, okay, I'll like, see you later. So meet you at the California base. Meet you at the California. So funny enough, John, the next dabber Reed survives. He was found by another group of travelers making their way to a place called Sutter's Fort. I knew he was going to survive. I told in the beginning, I was like, I, he's going to survive because he's an asshole. The assholes always survive. Do you want a spoiler? No. Well, are you going to tell us later? Yeah. Obviously. Just That's wait. why it's a we'll spoiler. Just we'll just wait. <sighs> Don't spoil it. Okay. So he was described as being half dead when he arrived at this fort. 
Because, like, he was basically, like, eating only pocket crackers and, like, crying. <laughs> he only whole... had one cracker he left. He was so dehydrated from crying. That he just looked terrible. <laughs> and it, they were pretty salty crackers, too. They That's why he was so dehydrated. Salty. He was like, Kool-Aid, I need ju- ju- juice. Something. He doesn't like water. He didn't, so. Yeah. He doesn't, it's too bland for him. He's you know? not, a, not a water guy. So he gets to the fort, and then he is basically drafted into joining the Mexican-American War, like, immediately <laughs> after reaching the fort. Wow. Which feels insane to me. He didn't even get, like, a chance to recover or anything. He has, like, a few days. Drink some Kool-Aid. And then he's like, okay, I guess I'll join this war. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I guess what else are you going to do? Like, your whole family just let you leave. Yeah. And also, like, where are you going to go? And you killed a guy. You did kill a guy. So, Brick killed a guy. <laughs> James killed a guy. <laughs> Shortly after Snyder is murdered, another man called Mr. Wolfinger. Mm. And I, I don't know his first name, but I'm just going to assume it's something cool like Hans or something. Like Hans Wolfinger. It sounds about right. Wow, that sounds so stupid with, listen to me stuffily say German words. Hans Wolfinger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds good. Sounds like I'm like fucking Augustus Gloop right now. You're fine. This is fine. So Mr. Definitely Not Hans Wolfinger, uh, he gets murdered. What? Yes. Like like almost immediately. Um, A few members of the group are forced to abandon their wagons. Wait, he's in the Donner Party group? This guy who gets murdered? He is. Okay. Yes. We'll come back to it in two seconds. Okay. So like Schneider gets murdered. Like, the next day, Wolfinger gets murdered. What the hell, man? So a few members of the group are forced to abandon their wagons because their animals are stolen by the Paiutes. Mm -hmm. Or, like, the animals are just, like, dying all the time. Yeah. And one of these people is this Mr. Wolfinger. Rumor has it, he's, like, super fucking rich. Like, all of his money, all of his worldly possessions are, like, built into his wagon. Okay. So, like, it, like you know how, like, there's always money in the banana stand? There's always money in Mr. Wolfinger's <laughs> wagon. Mr. Wolfinger's wagon. So, he doesn't have any animals to pull it, and he says, I have to bury this wagon and come back for it. Like, my whole, mm. everything I own, everything, his like, treasures. all my life savings. Yes. So two people he's traveling with. Oh, by the way, there's like a bunch of Germans going with them. Do they meet up with them or were they just here the whole time? They're like there the whole time. <laughs> and we just like didn't talk about that. It's like, by the way, there are a lot of Germans. There's so many Germans. Okay. You wait till part two to tell us this. Because it doesn't seem that important, but I'm going to say a lot of ner- like German names. Okay. So I feel like I had to bring it up. <laughs> Thank there's you for like, that. There's like. Thank you for warning us. Three or German four names. German wagons going with them. Okay. Yeah. So two people that he's traveling with called Augustus Spitza and Joseph Reinhardt offer to help. <laughs> he, Wolfinger sends his family ahead. He's like, oh, I'll catch up with you tomorrow. Like, I just have to take care of this. But tomorrow comes and only yeah. Spitzer and Reinhardt show up. Well, I can imagine like how hard it is to dig a hole big enough to bury an entire wagon. An entire wagon. Like, what? How big are these wagons? They're so big. Insane. They're so big. I'd be like, kids, stuff your pockets. Like, almost the size of this room big. Yeah. Literally. A family of ten sleeping in one. One of them had two floors. (laughs) 
Can you imagine building a hole for that wagon? These are fucking tiny homes. Okay. Jeez, yeah. Honestly, you're right. They kind of are. So oh, the next day, only Spitzer and Reinhardt show up to the camp and they're like, oh, guys, it was so crazy. Like the Paiutes, they came back. Mm, okay. Sure, 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 sure. They came back and they murdered Wolfinger. But we're fine. We ran so fast. <laughs> There's like gold coming out of their pockets and like their jackets. One of them coughs up a hundred dollar <laughs> bill. <laughs> like no one believes this. No one. Right. No, why would anyone? No one does. And then actually later, um, Reinhardt admits to the murder right before he dies of starvation. Yeah, like so. We oh, spoiler! All, but we all knew Reinhardt. They everyone knew. No one believed it. But of course, the group is also like super wary of Native Americans because like they're white and they're like, oh, the savages or whatever. Right. So they, technically, it's their land. So well, it's the yes. white people's land. Okay, it's called eminent domain. <laughs> Okay. It's called manifest destiny. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're manifesting their destiny of stealing the native people's land. Well, the native people stole, like, one of their horses. Yeah, so they're totally even. Yeah. Then, right? Yeah. That's how that works. <laughs> Finders keepers, and we found all this land. <laughs> yeah, well, we found your oxen. Oh, well, we're going to find this bullet in your head. So they don't trust the Native Americans, right? Like... Basically, at all. Even though, like, they've met some of them at trading posts and it was fine and, like, whatever. But they're just like, oh, we're so scared. Yeah. So they choose to agree that he was probably killed by the natives. Um, They believe that the natives are savages and, like, the memory of the recent Black Hawk Wars that a lot of these men had fought in are still, like, fresh in everyone's mind. Well, yeah, and they've already been burned by them once on the trip so yeah so the donner party at this point is like in shambles like even more than before no one is trusting anyone like people are fucking murdering people people are lying about murdering people everyone is just like not having a good time and i cannot stress that enough no one's having fun straight up not having a good time like everyone's not happy (laughs) food was super scarce grass for the livestock was even more scarce And this resulted in everyone being expected to walk to relieve the load on the animals. Okay, so everyone has to walk, but they could just carry a bunch of random wood to build a gallows if they need one. Because this one insane, what was his name? (laughs) Louis Kessberg. Because he just wants to see That's my gallows wood. You understand? (laughs) That's for me. That's my gallows wood. I brought it along. If you need to borrow it, you can. But it is specifically only for gallows, okay? Gallowswood. <laughs> yeah, so everyone has to walk, but then his gallows wood can just. Don't even talk about my gallows wood, okay? I don't even understand what your problem is. If you need to hang somebody, you can definitely borrow it, and I'm gonna help you build the gallows. But like, we're not taking it. Do you understand? All right, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to leave the gallows wood. I feel like. <laughs> That hurts my throat, but I'm going to keep doing it. It's definitely his voice, though. It's like crazy gallows building man voice, right? <laughs> yeah. That is the only, that is the voice of a man who builds, who brings wood wherever he goes. Specifically, specifically to build. To murder other people. <laughs> to build gallows with. <laughs> Just in case somebody kills someone yeah. and he's got to build a gallows. It's like the highs and lows of his life. <laughs> Art, like, reflective of his voice. B-Y-O-G-W. Like, if you're not... <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> like, what are you even bringing on this trip? Uh, okay, I'm just not doing that. Rest your throat. You already have a cold right now. You have a piece of Kleenex stuffed up your nose right now. I have so much to read still. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, it's just funny. (laughs) It's pretty funny. (laughs) So everyone has to walk, unless you're like super, super old or Mm -hmm. like super, super sick. And then obviously, like, the people driving the wagons, like, get to be in the wagons. Mm -hmm. One such man who's with them is called Mr. Hardcoop. I have no idea what his first name is. I looked for it for too long. I'm just going to assume it's something super old-timey, like Wallace or Jebediah or some fucking shit. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Jebediah. Let's go with that one. Yeah. So Jebediah Hardcoop is, like, super old. He's, like, 70 years old. And he would frequently get left behind on the trail, only Mm -hmm. to catch up, like, really late in the night or sometimes even like the next morning when everyone was already packing up for the day to leave. Wow. He's super old and like not having a good time. Right. He is part of Lewis Kessberg's Oh shit. Of Gallowood fame? Yes. <laughs> of we should hang people fame. <laughs> so he's part of his like wagon. Okay. Like paid to go with him. Okay. So that's why he had a walk, because it was either him or the gallows would. Yeah, and he's not going to not. <laughs> he's not going to not bring the gallows wood. Even lose one piece of that one. No, he needs it all. So Mr. Harkoop is begging to ride in the wagon. Mm-hmm. And every time Kessberg says, absolutely not, that's where my wood is. <laughs> so... So just to paint like a picture of old Lewis Kessberg, if you already aren't getting this, he was a real fucking piece of shit. Yeah, he sounds like one. Like on more than one occasion, I read that he had to be physically restrained from beating his wife and children on trail in front of other people. Wow, okay. Yeah, like he is an old school, mean ass German dude who fucking loves violence, loves hanging people. And hates everything else. <laughs> loves Galloswood. Hates, hates his, his wife, family. Loves Gallows. <laughs> loves the Gallows. Hates his family. Yeah. My bitch wife told me I can't bring my Galloswood. And I'm like, I'm bringing it. I'm not fucking bringing it anyway. So one day, Mr. Hardcoop <laughs> is walking along with them. And he's falling behind, like always. Mm-hmm. And it's basically been like days since this man has actually slept because he's getting to the camp. Yeah. Like as they're leaving. He's walking while everyone is resting because yeah. he needs to because he's so slow. Yeah. So he's exhausted. He's super old. And he's like, I'm going to fucking die if I don't get some rest. So he sneaks into Kessberg's wagon for a nap. Mm-hmm. And acting like the completely reasonable man that he is. Upon finding this out, Kessberg stops his wagon. He grabs the old man and he physically throws him out of the wagon. Okay. Like, and stay out style. Wow. The old man eventually gets up. No one helps him from what I read. Yeah, it doesn't sound like anyone really gives a shit about him because they're all just like letting him walk and get lost behind everyone. Yeah. I think that they're at kind of the stage where like no one's really helping people outside of their wagon. Every family for themselves. That's what it kind of. Every man for themselves. Seems like we're at the beginning like that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. So he gets thrown out like physically removed from this wagon 
And he's limping, he's hobbling along, and a few days later, he sits down next to a stream to soak his feet in the cold water because his feet are literally so swollen from walking that his feet split open and he is, like, actively bleeding. Yeah. We never see him again. Just gone. Well, I hope that he died peacefully by that stream and just, like, (sighs) closed his eyes and went to sleep. I hope so. One of the other party members who is my personal favorite, William Eddy, is a great guy, top-notch okay. guy. Okay. He begs people to go look for this old man. He's like, we lost him. We don't know where he is. We have to go back for him. And everyone's like, dude, he's like 70 years old. This guy's fucking building gallows if we go help him. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's building gallows for the man. <laughs> if we find him, we're both getting hung. So we're not doing this. We can't raise, waste resources. Man. We can't waste time. What would, like, a 70-year-old man, what would persuade him to make a truck like this? I feel like that's just, like, a bad choice. <gasps> I think it was supposed to be easy. Like, from what I read from all of, like, my wagon manifests from, like, the first one. Oh, right, right, right. Is that basically there were these people, like, the the Teamsters, okay? And their mm. whole life was going back and forth on the Oregon Trail. Like, there are people that had done it, oh, like, eight, okay. ten times. okay. Like, if you leave on time... You just pick the wrong group. Yeah. If you leave on time, if you follow the fucking trail... <laughs> if you don't go with Casper, You're mostly fine. Like, sometimes people would get, like, killed or, like, die or, like, whatever. But as a whole, mm-hmm. like, you were generally... It was safe. As okay. safe as, like, the Wild West could be. Okay. So no one anticipated that it would be this... Literally no one anticipated any of this. Okay. Least of all, having fucking roving gallows. <laughs> There's like just a parade a float. Yeah. <laughs> With gallows. <laughs> yeah. A parade float of gallows. <laughs> That's a threat. So everyone's like, William, we can't fucking help this guy. So sorry. He's going to die. And at this point, um, the Pio natives have stolen like a shit ton of horses okay they've basically stolen all of the horses from the graves family they stole 18 community cows because like each family had like cows and oxen and horses yeah but they also just like brought livestock and they're like okay like this is like kind of for everyone well and then they were starting like a whole new life so didn't they basically all just bring everything they owned like any value anything and everything that they could okay so um, that happened, and then uh, just for some reason, the Piote natives killed another 21 of their cows. Just, like, killed them. Like, oh. stole a bunch and then, like, murdered a bunch. And at this point, the party has lost around 100 oxen and cattle, which is their main food source. Plus, it's, like, their power to pull these wagons. And the gallows on wheels. Well, obviously. <laughs> That's the most important part. They luckily have, at this point, made it through most of the desert terrain, and they have found their way to the Truckee River with its beautiful meadows and, like, lush green grass. And, like, it's, like, they're just stoked, dude. They're, like, okay, we got running water. We got grass. We're making our way downtown. Like, we fucking got this. Got it. And all they wanted to do was rest. And they kind of talked about it. They're, like, should we, like, take a couple days and, like, chill by, like, this beautiful, like, scenic area? And then keep going, or, like, what should we do? Ultimately, they decide to keep going because they don't want to fall back. Like, they don't want to fall behind even more. Yeah. 
Like at this point, aren't they like fucking four months behind? I think it's like, I think it's almost two months behind. Okay. Yeah. Still, it's a lot of months. It's so long. Yeah. So the group pushes forward and they go to cross the Sierra Nevada mountains before the snow comes. They meet up with a man that I don't know if you remember, Charles Stanton. Mm. So at one point, um, there were three guys that went out to scout. In the first episode, we talked about three guys that went out to scout. Oh, right, right, right. Ahead and like kind of see what the fuck was going on. And they were like, like really it's lost. Totally chill. You guys will be able to do this, even though we're like three able bodied men and yeah. you're like families. Yeah. So two of them stayed out there Charles Stanton and then William Pike. And then James Reed came back and it took him like twice as long as it should have. Okay. If, if you remember that. I do remember that. So that was like a month ago. So they meet up with Stanton and he's like, hey, I have these two guys with me called Lewis and Salvador. They're Miwok Native Americans. They totally know the land. They know how to survive. They know what the fuck is up. Like, they're amazing. We brought all these mules and we brought a fuck ton of food. So this is like what the party needs at this point. This, Yes. This is like their oasis. Okay. So they show up. The party is fucking stoked. They're all like, second wind. Let's do this. We fucking got it. Um, they have these natives with them that know the terrain, even though, like, very few people trust these two men, which I was reading. One of them was about their – they estimate – they don't have last names. They don't – we don't know a lot about them, but it's, like, an mm-hmm. estimate that they're, like, late teens, early 20s. Okay. So they're just, like, two chill dudes, like – there to help, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they have more food, which is great. And they also got news that James Reed reached the fort that they're trying to reach. Okay. So, so there's good news. Yeah. So they're super optimistic. Like a man that they thought had zero resources and just like a pocket full of crackers <laughs> made it. So like obviously they could make it. Right? Right. They have way more supplies. Yeah. Like... So much wood. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, so much wood. <laughs> so they're like, we got this. Or do we? <gasps> dun, dun, dun. As the Donner Party reaches what would eventually be known as Donner Pass. Super They were faced with two choices. Either they push forward and they try to beat the snow that was supposed to come in the middle of November. Or they take a few days to rest themselves but more importantly, their cattle and their horses, like before they really start to get Ooh. into the mountains. What would you do? So. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would try to push, depending I, on how tired I was. I know what happens. Okay. So I feel like it's not fair for me to say. Okay, fine. I would try to push. I don't want to be stuck in snow. I'm, perfect logic. Perfect logic. Okay. It's the 20th of November. Is that, is that the right choice? Or, just it's just a choice. Just, just tell me. Just it's tell a me. choice. Just, just carry on. They made the wrong choice by going forward. Fuck. I would have so died too. It's the 20th of October. They thought they had tons of time before the snow came because it's not supposed to hit till the middle of November. So they basically have like an entire month to get right. through this. Well, isn't like, that the whole point of going so they don't hit the snow? Yeah. 100%. Okay. If they had stayed there and waited out the winter... They probably would have survived. I thought they were going to wait like two days and then rest and then go. Yeah, so either that way was they the would have. Move. Either way they would have hit the snow. Hundred percent. So either way, my they choice. Either choice would I would have died. Yeah, like you just lost the Oregon Trail. You set me up for failure. I did not do this. <laughs> you, you fucking did. <laughs> You're the one that chose. Oh god, I'm talking like a. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking bringing out the Lewis and me. The Casper, can you? <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. So they think that the snow is supposed to come in like a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, we we could stay. Like, we could do whatever. Rest makes perfect sense to like kind of recharge before we go. Mm-hmm. And they're totally debating this, like having like a democratic conversation about it. And then they realize that they only have about 100 miles left on their journey. So they're like, you know what? Let's just stay and rest for a couple of days. Like, we have nowhere to go. Like, we're almost there, basically. Mm-hmm. We got this shit. That was until a man called William Foster, who was just, like, innocently, like, loading his gun, like, just, like, prepping for the day, mm-hmm. uh, shoots William Pike on accident. Jesus. Total accident. His gun just, like, fucking goes off. Wow. Everyone fucking hit that record scratch. <laughs> What just fucking happened to William? (laughs) Weapon goes off, kills Pike instantly. Bam, dead. Everyone's like, okay, this is a bad omen. And William Pike is one of the guys that went ahead, then came back and introduced him. Okay. Yeah, he came back with Lewis and Salvador. He's like a savior. He's like, just killed him. Such a good, nice guy. Oh, man. Total accident. Like, everyone's like, we all saw it. Total like, accident. Buh. This is a bad omen. Pack your shit up. We're fucking out of here. Wow. Like, we got to go. Death is happening. We need to outrun it, basically. So they bury Pike, and they decide they're leaving the next day. They begin to head out, like, almost in, like, a single-file fashion, family by family, into the past, because it's super narrow. Mm-hmm. So the first family to go was the Brain family. And then the Kessbergs. <laughs> and then their parade float full of gallows. Okay. And then Stanton with the Reed family. And then the Gray family. And then the Murphys. And then finally the Donner family. Okay. Okay. So the Donners are bringing up the rear. Okay. Just a few miles in, an axle on the Donner's wagon breaks, traversing like this really rough terrain. Mm-hmm. So Jacob and George, who are brothers... Jacob and George Donner, who were brothers, went into the woods to find a log big enough to like kind of jerry rig a replacement axle. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, they're they they know this. They know what they're doing. They fucking get yeah, this. They're just like crazy. just a little hiccup. We're fine. Totally fine. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> I mean, it's been pretty bad thus far. It can't it's get fine. worse. Everything's fine. So while chiseling the wood down to fit into the axle, George Donner cuts the palm of his hand. Oh. Not a big deal. Like. Like, paper cut. Like, it's super shallow, not super deep. He can continue working, doesn't even really hurt. It bleeds, but whatever. In my brain, okay, Mm -hmm. well, the snow starts falling. Oh, shit. And he, like, looks up. And in my brain, when I was reading this, I pictured so dramatically, like, George is, like, bandaging up, like, his bleeding hand. And he, like, sees a snowflake, like, land and, like, melts on, like, the blood-sloped, like, cloth. Uh Uh-huh. And that's how I would start this horror movie. So how, how far, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but how far into it are they at this point? When the snow starts to fall, can they go back? They can. But they choose not to. No. They're like, we're just going to outrun it. It's, it's like October 23rd. They're good. Mistake after mistake. In theory, I read today, um... Probably the most meteorological information I've ever read in my life okay. about snowfall in this area. Yeah. And it's not uncommon for it to snow during this time. Okay. But they literally 
got the worst snow like in recorded history wow okay so just like everything that could have happened like everything that could have gone wrong did is going wrong over and over and over and over man that leads me to think sorry to cut you off but that leads me to think like who in this party wasn't supposed you know like they say like everything happens for a reason yeah like who in this party wasn't supposed to live like, who, who would have gone on to, like, do something really bad for, like, the West or something? Oh, this is, like, the baby Hitler moment? Yeah, right? It's got to be. I don't know. Because everything is just, like, Maybe. If coming fate's up real. negative, yeah. Well, like, the universe was, like, someone in this party cannot live. I read, um, which I, I don't know if I talked about in the first one. Remember Abe Lincoln's wife was like, no, you mm-hmm. can't fucking go. But she was, like, she had, like, prophetic dreams and yeah. shit. And she was like, don't go to the theater. <gasps> He's oh my like, god! I'm gonna do it. Final destination. She's, he was supposed to die on the <laughs> the daughter party. She saved him so many times, and then death finally caught up to him at the theater. Well, so, yeah, totally. Well, supposedly Thames and Donner also didn't want to go mm. at the beginning, and she's like, "Let's just wait for like spring, and like we'll do it then." And George was like, "No, we're fine. Like we got this. <sighs> Let's leave a month late. Like everything's fine." So I don't know. I. I wonder. All right, I want you to pick at the end of this who you think should have died. Actually, well, I would. I just, yeah, I'd have to know who. At the end of it, I want you to say, okay, because we're gonna go through a lot of characters here. Okay, I have one in my head. I have one in my head, but I don't know if they live or die. <laughs> we're probably thinking about the same one. I don't think we are actually. Uh, I don't know who's yours. Uh, he's a really big fan of <laughs> big into gallows. <laughs> loves he loves uh, he loves the gallows. Okay, big into gallows. Okay, I love that. Mine is um, I don't know if he lives or dies though. So I don't know if he lives or dies either. What's so crazy <laughs> about it? <laughs> Do you want to know what mine is? Yeah. Uh, let me find her name. It's uh, seven-year-old Mary Donner. You think that she would have changed the world for the worst if she had lived? Yes. If she lives or dies. If she lives or dies. I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, okay. Only time will tell. All right. Only time. But you, okay. We'll tell. <laughs> Only time and the research happens. that you've done will tell. I know what happens. Okay. So snow had come weeks before they were expecting it to. Just as the Brain family reaches Truckee Lake, which is at the top of... They, so they get to Truckee, like, river and, like, the meadows and stuff. And they're like, oh, it's beautiful. I do like. And then they go up to, like, the lake is what's feeding this river, mm-hmm. right? So they're up in the mountains at this point. Um, Truckee Lake will later be renamed Donner Lake. <sighs> okay. All right. Uh, they climb a 1,000-foot nearly vertical slope. Mm-hmm. And they find a cabin. Ooh. And they're like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Like, it Hell was yeah. built a couple years ago, like, by another group of pioneers. Like, these people made it. They built a fucking log cabin. Like, we're going to be fine. Right. So the Breens take this cabin for their own. And then the Eddie and Kessberg families catch up with the Breens. And they actually try to keep going. The Breens are like, we're going to chill. Like, it's kind of snowing. Like, we're going to sit this one out. Mm-hmm. And Kessberg's like, we're going to keep going. And then Eddie, the Eddie family, William, Eddie, and his wife, they're like, we're going to keep going, too. Like, we totally got this. So they're going and going. Um, they get probably like four or five miles away and they have to stop and turn around 
because they cannot get through the 10 foot deep drifts of snow. Wow. So it's like really coming down at this point. Yeah. Okay. Like it's, there's a little bit of snow. You're up in the mountains. There's snow in the mountains all year round. Right, right. But it's bad. So they turn back. Um, They get to Truckee Lake just as the other families are, are getting there, except the Donners. The Donners are about a day behind. Okay. Um, it's the evening of November 4th, and the snow starts again. There's around 60 members at the camp, and they all decide to camp there for the winter. They're like, we're just, it's safer. We're going to do it. We'll wait for yeah. spring. Everything's going to be fine. We have three log cabins. Oh, there are three. There's three of them. Oh. Um, they have roofs. They have dirt floors. Like, they're fine. They're like, we, we fucking got this shit. So the Breens take up one. It's a huge family. Um, the Eddies and the Murphys share a cabin. And then the Reeds and the Graves take a cabin. The Kessbergs build a lean-to up against the wall of the Breens' cabin using canvas and logs and, I'm assuming, gallows wood. <laughs> They've got so much of it. It's just a surplus of wood. <laughs> the group basically disassembles their wagons, which... I was so excited to read this. Mm-hmm. Wagons? Did you? I'm so excited. Did you know that the wagons were meant to be disassembled and what? turned into like tents and then reassembled? Why hasn't anyone created like a tiny house that can do this? It's so cool. It'd be so awesome. They just like took the canvas off and like used it for shit and then like put it back on. Fantastic. So smart. Pioneer engineering. That's like the van life. Of the 1800s. It, it literally is. Yeah. It's so, I thought that was so cool. That is really cool. So they take their wagons apart. They're like, we're not going to need them to the spring. We got this. Um, they use the canvas and the ox hides that they had used to like to cover the, the wagons and like inside the wagons to patch the leaky roofs because they all have flat roofs. There's no mm. pitch to them. Okay. So they have to patch them up. And then the cabins have no windows or actual doors, so they use some of the canvas to, like, kind of create, like, a little front door flap. Okay. And, like, they put out, like, little rugs and, like, move all their shit into these cabins, and they're, like, totally cool. Um, Something I think that people don't realize that I didn't realize about the Donner Party is that it was made up of almost two-thirds children. Yeah, because it was just a bunch of families, right? Yeah. And you had, like, 95 children. Because, like, some survived. So, like, they ate a lot of children. Did they? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm very excited assume. for you to find out if that's true I'm, or not. I don't mm. Because. Did they not eat the kids? I don't know what happens. I'd eat the kids. You're going to fuck. I am so excited. Save that energy. Okay. I am so excited for well, you to find out what die, fucking happens I mean, I'm not going to kill children. a kid to eat him. But if a kid dies, like, I'm going to eat a kid. Okay. Here's my logic. If you die, if I die. You, yeah, we we established this in the first episode. Everyone. First part. Doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, if, it, if you die, you are fair game. That's, yes. Literally. Fully. Literally. Every single person that dies should be eaten. Yeah. 100%. So at this winter camp, there are 19 adult men only out of 60 people. Wow. 12 are adult women, 29 are children, and six of those are under the age of three. Wow. The Donners, who had been behind the rest of the party, constructed a camp of tents to house 21 people, including Miss Wolfinger and her child. Six hired help, three women, 12 children, whatever. 
The snow that came on November 4th would continue for eight days nonstop. Wow. Early snow is not super uncommon, like I said, in the Sierra Nevadas. But the Dunner Party just, like, got the fucking worst of everything. They will go on to face, uh, I'm sorry, they will go on to face 10 massive storms. That they haven't already experienced? Yes. Wow. This is storm number one that they're currently in. Wow. Um, There was just, between the winter of 1846, I'm sorry, 1846 and 47, they got, like, 30 feet of snow. Wow. Absolutely insane. The bulk of the snow also came in November um, and basically just trapped them until where they are, like like where they are. Mm-hmm. By the time the camps were set up, there was so little food remaining. The cold temperatures and lack of grass sealed the fate for many of the cows and oxen. The lake was not frozen, which is great news. So those that were lucky enough to catch trout did, which I read about trout fishing also. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's hard. Is that the one where you just, like, catch them and they jump in the air? I think so. <laughs> like, oh, no, is that salmon? But bears? I don't know. It's, like, harder to, like, catch trout. I don't fucking know. If you're a fisherman and you know what the fuck I'm, like, trying to say right now. I've never trout fished before. So. I've never. I fished one time and I stabbed the fish through the eye with the hook and I cried and will never fish again. How the fuck did you do that? I didn't mean to. <laughs> oh, he like, did when he ate the worm. Yeah, it was so sad. Oh. It was the saddest thing I've ever seen. I'll never do it again. So they're eating some trout. Uh, they catch a bear, which is great. Kill it. Mm. Eat it. Everyone's eating bear meat. Lots having a meat. great time. Lots of meat. Um, they survived off that for a while. Families were largely unable to build fires for warmth because there was little to no dry wood. Mm. They burned money. They burned paper. They burned, like, parts of their wagons. They burned anything that they could. Gallows wood? <sighs> Even fucking dare. How dare you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I asked. If you look at my fucking wood, we're going to have a problem. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Kesper. You want me to set this up? I will. I'm sorry I asked. I'm sorry I asked. I'm sorry I even fucking thought about it. I imagine you would hiss also for some reason. Yeah. Anytime someone tries to grab his gas. My wood! Yeah, he just gets, like, real weird with it. So they are burning anything they can. Um, All of the oxen and shit that have died are frozen solid. It is so cold. Well, that's good, though, for the meat because it'll keep it fresh. Yeah, but it's super hard to cut the meat off. Oh, okay. And also, they're getting buried under snow. Oh, fuck. Every day. The Reed and Eddie families had virtually nothing left to eat, and they began to bargain for what they could. The Graves family charged the Eddies $25, which at the time was the going rate for two healthy working oxen. They charged them this for a carcass of an animal that starved to death. Wow. So virtually no meat on those bones. Margaret Reed, in an attempt to feed her family, offered twice that amount to be paid when they got to California for an animal. Like, they're past the point of helping each other, and they're, like, fucking selling, like, dead animals for hundreds of dollars. Well, it's funny now that, like, before the Reed family was like, no one can go in all two deca wagon, and now they're like, we'll pay you anything for a carcass of a dead animal. That was James Reed. His wife is, like, super cool. 
Margaret Reed is like dumb oh as yeah, hell. he's not there anymore. He's not there. Oh fuck. But yeah. yeah, they're like yeah, but your husband was an asshole. So She's like, Please, yeah. I have like fourteen children. <laughs> So there were several instances where members of the party tried to navigate the pass by foot to try to find help. And they just came back every time. Like they'd leave for like a couple hours and be like, can't do it. And then another storm comes, which covers the area in so much snow that all 100% of the remaining livestock, horses, cattle, oxen, they all die. Every one of them. And then they become buried under snow so quickly that they're completely unreachable. Like, there's that much gone. snow? Yeah, dude. They're at the top of a fucking mountain. Wow. How are they not getting, like, snowed into their cabins? They do. Oh. They get snowed in, but, like, they're not really going outside too much. Mm. Like, people are trying to, like, leave and, like, come back. But at there's the like end of it... There's, nowhere for them to go. Yeah. At the end of it, they, they create tunnels to, like, tunnel out of their houses. Oh, okay. Um, but they're, like, super under snow at this point. Like, feet and feet of snow. In an attempt to save his sanity, Patrick Breen begins to keep a diary starting on November 20th, in which he mostly talks about the weather and, like, what's kind of going on at camp. And it's from his diary that we get most of the information that, like, about what happens next. Oh, interesting. Super fun. The party was buried in their cabins and tents for days on end due to the snowfall. The only things that they had to eat at this point were boiled strips of ox and cowhide. Wow. And also they made bone broth from found bones of their livestock. Wow. Which is really clever because there's a ton of nutrients in bones. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. It, I mean, I understand that the, the snow was like relentless and there was uh -huh. just a constant storm, but... How do you know, like, not make a marker and, like, dig I mean, like, through they the dig snow some of it for out, your food? But, like, they very quickly run out. There's 60 people, dude. And, yeah, like, I don't know. Just yeah. being buried doesn't seem like, I mean, I would be just digging. There's also not a lot of meat on these animals anymore. Oh, because they're star. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so that's why they're resorting to eating bones and skin. Got it. Which, I looked it up. Guess how many square inches of uh, skin the average human being has. You're never going to guess. Uh, square inches of skin? Yeah, on my body. 560. 4,800. What? On the average human body. How fun is that? How? That is so much skin. So much skin. That's so much skin. Wow. I know. Delightful, isn't it? Buffalo Bill, man. Wonderful. He would, he would love that information. Inch by inch, baby. On one particularly exciting day... Um, sometimes people would find like a mouse and then they would eat it whole and probably alive. Okay. They would simply snatch it and put it in their mouth and chew it and swallow it. Before how? Anyone how could I do don't it. care how hungry you are. How do you do that? <sighs> That's insane. Starving, dude. Just fucking hit it with your boot or something. They just snatched them and ate them so no one else could have it. You can't like hit it in the head really quickly and then eat it. Like, I don't know. Probably God. could. Most of the time, the members of the party just laid around, huddled for warmth, and they were just, like, too cold and, like, too hungry to move. Mm -hmm. The Donner's camp was a full day walk away from the winter camp, and on rare occasions, someone would either trek down or trek up to deliver news from the other camp and, like, sort of chat and, like, be like, how's it going? Miserable? Cool us, too. Oh, okay. So they were in contact with each other. Yeah, like, they okay. knew, like, each other was there. The Donner's fully knew that the winter camp was set up. 
Yeah. Um, like when they camped where they were. And how were they doing in comparison to people who actually had legitimate cabins? Oh, they're doing super bad. Like super w- bad. even worse? Uh, I would say equally worse. Okay. Yeah. So like not great. Okay. Um, Jacob Donner was the first to die at the camp. Oh. Yeah. He died on December 20th. He was described in the journal of Eliza Donner Houghton as a gentle but sickly man. He was like almost 60 years old at the time. He was. So was he the patriarch of the family? He was George's younger brother. Okay. So George is the oldest. The Donner. Yeah, he's the leader. Yeah. Okay. He was described as having expired while sitting at the table in his tent with his head bowed upon his hands as if in deep meditation. Mm. He like, by all accounts I read, just fully gave up. He's like, we're going to die here. Yeah. I'm just going to die. He just like closed his eyes and never opened them. Pretty much. He was like, we're not going to make it. I'm not going to even eat food. You guys can have it. I'm just going to let myself die. Wow. Shortly after, three of the hired help of the Donners also starved to death. And news that George Donner's hand had become wildly infected worried the others as there was now only four men at the Donner camp. Oh, the paper cut that you said that he got? Yeah. It supposedly, like, wasn't that bad. But... I mean, they don't have, like, soap and shit, really. Yeah. Like, they're, like, just trying to fucking make it. And I also assume that he was, like, I'm just going to keep going and fight through this. Well, yeah, and you said there weren't uh, a lot of men, so he they probably need needed all hands on deck, even one with a paper cut. Yeah. <laughs> on the 25th of December. Oh, my God, this is a Christmas episode. Oh, my God. <gasps> it fits. This is, like... If Die Hard's a Christmas movie, this is a Christmas special. This is a Christmas special. (laughs) On the 25th of December, Margaret Reed revealed that she had saved a bit of meat and a few root vegetables to make a Christmas stew for her children. So people are fucking starving to death and this bitch is holding out on stew meat and vegetables? Like, it's like barely any. It's like mostly water. Still, Her kids are fucking stoked. They're like, this is the best day of our life. Like, life is worth living. Let's do this. Okay. She's also in a cabin with the most amount of children. Okay. So she's like, Margaret Reed is a bad fucking bitch. And I love her to, like, the end of this story. A few days later, they were all just super hungry again. Like, they ate their stew. They were, like, rejuvenated. Like, let's fucking do this. We can get through winter. And then two days later, they're like, guess we're just going to eat ox hide again. And they start cutting pieces of hide off of their roof. Wow. And boil it so it's soft enough to eat. Okay. Three brave women, including Margaret Reed, Virginia Elliott, and Eliza Williams, attempted to find food for the children. Hmm. They reasoned that it's better to die trying to save these children than to just watch them all starve to death. Yeah. Which is dope, dude. Like, they, like, fully went out in the middle of a fucking snowstorm and are like, we're going to save our fucking kids. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing they can do. Amazing. Gotta step up. They come back four days later, almost empty-handed. They have, like, some acorns and pine cones. And they eat them. And it is what it is. By the time they return, the oxide roof of their cabin had been completely eaten by their children. And the whole cabin was completely uninhabitable. Because it was just snowing inside, and the kids were like, we ate the roof, mommy. Mommy. <laughs> Margaret Reed was like, okay. 
um, I still love you, but where do we live? Uh, the Reed family was taken in by the Breens, and then the servants were taken in by just, like, whatever other families. Like, Margaret Reed's like, go work for them. We'll still pay you when we get there. Yeah. If we get there, basically. And they just did what they could. So the Graves family decided that they were not going to make it to California and that they were all going to die here. So in this moment, they decided to collect on a debt owed to them by the Reed family. And they took their ox hides. They took all of their food sources and just like anything of value that they had. If they had already decided they were going to die and not make it to California, why are they trying to get? They're just like being greedy and weird. That doesn't when, seem like somebody who's like reasoned with their own death. I feel like when people are like isolated and scared, they get feral. Like, yeah, but that like sounds like society, a survival like, move, though. Not like a we're gonna die, so we're just gonna take all your shit. Yeah. So they well, they took all their food and they fucking ate it all. Meanwhile, a group of seventeen of the strongest members of the party decided that they were just gonna rescue the group or die trying. So. This is on December 16th. Hey, that's my birthday. Happy birthday, bitch. It's Thank only you. Two days. Thank you. Three days. Um, so they took, they made snowshoes that they had fashioned out of oxbows and strips of hide. And they set out to find help. This group would later be called the Forlorn Hope, which is super sad, but they didn't come up with it themselves. So that's fine. So they don't make it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. And in the famous words of Jeffrey Dahmer, and that's when the cannibalism started. Because that's when it starts. Yeah. Um, among these people uh, that traveled with Stanton, remember, are Lewis and Salvador, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's also a man called Antonio who is like the animal handler. Okay. So they're going with this forlorn hope along with a guy called Charles Berger, which is just so funny. <laughs> Patrick Dolan, William Eddy, who I love. Sarah Fostick, Sarah Foster, William Foster, they're married, Franklin Graves, Mary Ann Graves, they're married, Lemuel Murphy, William Murphy, their brother and sister, Amanda McCutcheon, hate that name, Harriet Pike, and Charles Stanton. I think I already said Charles Stanton, so I counted him twice. Sorry, guys. Franklin Graves was the clever one who came up with how to make the snowshoes. He's like, oh, I've done this before. No problem. We got this. And they were honestly the saving grace of this entire party. So they thought it would take them about six days to get to this camp because they heard that James Reed got there super fast. So they could probably take us like a little bit longer, but we'll be fine. So they pack food for six days for this trip, um, a trip that would end up taking them 33 days. Yeah. They also have with them a rifle. They each bring a blanket. They have a hatchet and then they have a couple pistols. Two members of this party did not have snowshoes just because there wasn't enough material to do it. Then don't go. That's Charles Berger. <laughs> Fuck. Who I just is made up. He's not a real person. And then a very, very brave 10-year-old boy called William Murphy. Why are they letting a 10-year-old boy go? There were a few children that went with. Okay. Because they were like the strongest ones. They're like, we have the energy. We can do it. It's a mistake. Don't give all the children the food. <laughs> so they turn back just a couple of days into the trek and they go back. 
The group traveled through snow 12 feet deep, and by the third day, many of them became blind from the sun's reflection on the snow. We learned about snow blindness um, in the Diet Love Pass one, because I had, like, special little sunglasses to, like, deter it. Mm. On the sixth day of travel, the group got a second wind when Eddie, I love William Eddie, discovered a half pound of bear meat that his wife had packed for him in his bag. Oh. I know. How cute is that? So they all, like, pass around this, like, raw-ass bear meat, and they're, like, taking bites off of it. And they're like, we got this, guys. So they set off again with the wind under their sails and, like, hope in their hearts on December 21st. Stanton began to lag behind, and sadly, he just disappeared. And his remains were found the following year. Like, he just, like, fully, like, just died. Okay. Two more days passed with no food, and the group became lost and anxiety really set in. And then a guy called Patrick Dolan was like, if one of us die, we should eat that body, right? (laughs) And everyone's like, I don't know, Patrick, should we? And he's like, look, I'm just saying, what if we all draw straws? Oh, they were going to kill someone? It started of like, if someone dies. And then he was like, actually, what I'm really What if we hungry. kill someone? He's like, what if we all draw straws? And then the loser, maybe we eat that person, right? And everyone's okay. like, yeah, fine. Let's fucking do it. Patrick Dolan draws the short straw. Whoa, wait, guys, I was just kidding. I was, that was a joke. I'm he immediately seeing. changes his mind and he <laughs> says, actually, no, let's not do this. I was just kidding. What, eat a person? That's crazy. That let's was a keep, joke. Let's a keep prank. going. And everyone's like. Okay, Patrick, like, settle down. (laughs) Like, okay, we get to eat you, though, right? Yeah, so they, like, keep walking, and then another person's like, okay, but what if we had a duel, and whoever died? (laughs) Let's make things interesting. We ate that person. Everyone's like, that's a waste of bullets. We're not doing it. So another person Uh says... What if we just keep going, and then if one of us dies, we eat them? And everyone's like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's 100%. Totally reasonable. And then they're like, what if someone falls? Falls. And we kill them and eat them, because (laughs) clearly they don't know how to walk, so they're the weakest link. And everyone's like, um, we all need to settle down on the people-eating shit. Like, let's just keep going. Look, I know we're all hungry here, but uh, we're still alive, all of us. Yeah. So, let's chill. So they're walking and walking, and Antonio is the first to die. He just fucking starves to death, just falls down, dies. Poor guy. Followed shortly by Franklin Graves. By all accounts, Antonio just totally died of, like, natural causes. But upon realizing that he was dying, Franklin Graves urges his two daughters who are with them to eat his body for nourishment. He's like, if I die promise me you will eat my body yeah i thought everyone like agreed to do that though his daughters are like fuck no <sighs> come on we can't we can't come eat you, daddy we can't eat you you can no y- you can't they can't do it patrick dolan gets hypothermia he starts freaking the fuck out he's yelling that he has to leave he has to get out of there right now takes off all of his clothes and he runs into the woods does hypothermia make you crazy um, yes. So we read up or we learned about this also in Dialogue Pass. Yeah. You do this thing when you get to hypothermia where it's so extreme that you start to feel really hot. Oh. So you take off all of your clothes and then like madness sets in. Mm. 
Okay. And you just fuck off in the woods and you die. But he comes back a couple hours later. He's like, guys, that was a bad choice. I've come to my senses. I don't want to die anymore. Puts his clothes back on and almost immediately dies. <laughs> he comes back. <laughs> yes. He's like, just kidding. He's like, that was crazy. And then just dies. Wasn't that crazy when I took off all my clothes and ran away? So they're like, yeah, that was fucking crazy. <laughs> so the group, starving and literally dying, decides that it's time to start eating people. They begin to carve strips of flesh off of Patrick Dolan's back because they're unable to look at his face while they do it. Yeah, good choice. So they eat his back, and then someone flips him over, and like they like cut up the rest of him. In an attempt to feed some meat to Lemuel because he was so sick and dying, um, his sister's like trying to like force it into his mouth and then he just like dies. So he's like dying as they're trying to save him. So there's all these dead people. Um, William, Eddie, Salvador, and Lewis fully refuse to eat any human meat. Okay. Like we're not fucking doing this. And the next morning, the group strips the muscle and organs off of the bodies of Antonio, Patrick Dolan, Graves and Lemuel Murphy. They then dried the meat to store it for the days ahead. So they have like people jerky in all of their backpacks. Yum. There was actually this like super elaborate system set up to make sure that no one would eat their own relatives, which I think is kind of nice. That is kind of nice. Isn't it kind of that, nice? Yeah, that's actually, I mean, I, I would, if it came to it, I mean, you would have to, but if you could eat another guy. Yeah, I would I, choose to eat another guy. I almost feel like I would get comfort from eating or being eaten by my family members, though. Yeah, like if I knew that they survived because they ate me, I'd yeah. be like, you're welcome. Like, yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. So they do this. Well, everyone eats Antonio because, like, no one fucking knows this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio's just up for crabs. Yeah. It's like full on like hyenas. They're like ripping the flesh off like, the bone. We just met him like two days ago. What's anyways. this guy's last name? We don't really care. I don't know. <laughs> no one knows. No one does. What was his name? Theodore? No, that's not right. Andrew? You know what? Probably. <laughs> Doesn't matter now. Pass that femur over here. Mama's hungry. <laughs> so, oh, poor Antonio. <laughs> no one knows him. I don't give a fuck. Like, what was his favorite color? I don't care. The group rests for three days before heading out again. And at this point, William Eddie decides that he should probably eat some of this meat before it's all gone. So he eats a little bit, fucking hates it, having a terrible time. And then they run out of human meat. So they begin to eat the hide off of their snowshoes. Ooh, okay. And then things start to get bad again. And they're starving. They've eaten their snowshoes completely. So they're just walking, like, with Ugh. just, like, shoes at this point through the snow sinking into the snow uh-huh and william foster calls a meeting that excludes lewis and salvador he's like all the white people i need to Fuck. talk to you he suggests that they kill these native men since he viewed them as less than human wow in the middle of the night william eddie warns them that they're mm. going to be murdered and eaten and they run away good so nice um, Jay Fostick dies in the middle of the night, and in the morning, William Eddy and Mary Graves leave the group to go deer hunting. They're like, we're not eating any more fucking people. We don't want to do it. We're not having a good time. Mm -hmm. We're going to go hunt for a deer. They come back with a full-ass deer. Nice. Like, they fucking ki literally kill it. 
So their whole plan was to just try to find help. They just are just walking into a blizzard at this yes. point. They don't know where the hell they're, they're going. They're walking like through yeah, through the mountains to just a place fine. called Johnson's Ranch. Oh, okay. Yeah, where um where James Reed went. They're like, we know oh. he got there. We know what's on the other side of the Sierra Nevada. They just don't know how to okay, how far. Yeah. They're just they're working on it. Okay. They're trying their best, okay. Gotcha. So they return with this full last year. And they find Jay Fostick's body has been completely eaten. They all the fucking meat off this man that died like 12 hours ago. And they're like, yes, fucking kidding. Seriously. And then William Foster's like, okay. There's like a lot of men here. But there's only two women. (sighs) What if we killed and ate them? And William Eddy is like, look, man. If you're going to kill these women and eat them, I'm going to kill you. So he didn't kill them because he was super scared of William Eddy, who is. Wasn't one of the women related to Foster? Was not one give of them his wife? Does not care. Okay. Doesn't care. He's like, we're going to kill these broads and we're going to fucking have brunch. Like, let's go. Okay. So the party eventually catches up with William. I'm sorry, with Lewis and Salvador, like just happenstance. They're, like, going along. Lewis and Salvador are, like, oh, fuck. They run, like, full, like, as fast as they can are running through the snow. William Foster takes out his gun, and he shoots both of them. And he's, like, we're good. I saved us. I have two humans full of meat. Gross. Everyone is fucking disgusted with this man. He butchers these two by himself, and then he puts all of the meat... In his own bag, which he has with them, like he has human meat with him, even after they get rescued. Oh, shit. Yeah. The party is now down to seven people, five women, two men. A Washoe native scout had seen the party eating human flesh. (laughs) She's like, what the fuck are these white people doing? It's like fucking white people, am I right? So... He goes back to his tribe, and he warns them that they're coming their way. Just a few days later, the group comes upon this Native American settlement, the Washoes. The forlorn hope looks so fucking scary and so ragged that the Washoe run from them upon first sight, and, like, the children are crying, and they're like, these are the fuckers that were eating people. (laughs) Fucking run! Because they're scared that they're going to get eaten by these people. Right. That they're like these madmen. They're like, they've tasted flesh. Yeah, basically. They, they want more. And from then on, the Washoe refer to them as not people. Like, I don't know what the word is, but they're like, those aren't people. Those are monsters. Ooh. Eventually, the natives help the forlorn hope. They make them a mash of acorns, grass, and pine nuts for them to eat. Okay. Um... Uh, Foster chooses to not eat that, and instead he eats human <laughs> flesh. He's like, no, no, no. I've got my own. I brought a little snack pack. <laughs> I don't know if you're a Lunchable, but uh, <laughs> you guys want some meat with that? I invented it. He <laughs> invented the first Lunchable. <laughs> His name was Lewis. <laughs> so after a few days rest, um, William Eddy says, we got to fucking... We have to go to Johnson's Ranch. We have to save these people. So he goes with a couple of the tribe members, and they go to Johnson's Ranch, and they get there on January 17th. Wow. 
Again. And they left on the 16th. Uh, thir- uh, it took 33 days to okay. get there. Okay. Yeah. The the 16th of um, December. Yeah. The rescue operation began after Eddie arrived at Johnson's Ranch. The original rescuers that saved the rest of the forlorn hope, like from like the natives and like brought them to the camp, they followed Eddie's bloody footprints in the snow to get to the washout tribe. Wow. So he made it to the ranch. He made it to the ranch. Okay. And they're like, oh, no, we don't need directions. Like, we we got it. Follow your trail of foot blood. Yeah, basically. So Eddie's at this ranch, um, and they all eventually go there. They all get rescued. Mm -hmm. And a group called the First Relief takes off from Johnson's Ranch, who, by the way, they were paid $3 a day by the federal government to go save these people, which I think is great. Yeah. That seems like a lot of money back in 1846. I did not look it up, but it's got to be a lot. Definitely more than $3. Yeah. The camp at the the camp where the rest of the Donner Party is, Uh they're under 20 feet of snow at this time. It takes these three men from Johnson's Ranch two weeks to get to the camp. But they're like seasoned adventurers. They know what the fuck they're doing. They have like three days worth of food with them. They're totally good. They're like, it's probably going to take like two-ish weeks. We got this. No problem. Mm -hmm. So they get to the camp. They see absolutely no one. Because they're under 20 feet of snow? Yes. Insane. Yes. So reportedly, a woman crawl, like claws her way out of the ground. And they're like, where the fuck did this bitch come from? And she says, are you men from heaven or are you from California? Wow. And they're like, where the fuck did you come from? And she's like, oh, we live underground. And they're like, oh, okay. We live here now. <laughs> so the first relief brought back 22 people. Super successful. Wow. Two people died along the way, but, like, they were so weak from malnourishment that, like, it's amazing that no, like, more people died. I'm just, like, curious. How the fuck did everyone survive back at camp? Uh, remember, they were eating the, the oxen hide. They had that much oxen hide to survive? They ate their roofs. A month? Remember? And then, like, um, Margaret Reed went out to, like, look for shit. And, like, she mm. had that little stew moment. They were, like, snatching up mice. Whatever. So the women were really holding down the fort. Hondo. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. Cool. Among this first rescue group was Margaret Reed and four of her children. While making their way back to Johnson's ranch, they ran into the second relief, who was led by none other than her husband, James Reed. Wow. That's right. He's back from the Mexican-American War. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's ready to fuck shit. shit up. He's like, let's motherfucking go. He's like, oh, you guys have been stuck under 20 feet of snow? I just fought in a war. So apparently it completely changed him. And, like, he was, like, all he could think about was his family. All he could think about was, like, rescuing them. He leaves war early. He's like, I gotta go home. Why didn't he, why wasn't he, like, hey, everyone is still out there. We need to send rescuers. Like, why did it take? He thought they were fine. Like, he knew, like, he knew, like, shit was bad. But he didn't know it was, like, we're eating each other bad. But when they didn't show up to Johnson's ranch, he wasn't, like. He was fighting in a war. Oh, I guess He gets back he gets back from war. Maybe he shouldn't have jumped into that war. And he's like, <laughs> right away. I have to save my wife. Yeah. So he's like, he's seriously like ready to fuck shit up, dude. He fucking writes a letter to the U.S. Navy. He's like, there's all these people trapped. We got to save them. Yeah. Like, let's fucking go. He campaigns. He raises a thousand dollars to like fund this rescue mission. 
people from the Navy are going with him. Um, he's got like all these supplies and shit. Super dope. So he sees his wife after like four months apart. He kisses her and he says, I have to save the rest of them. I have to save the rest of our family. And she's like, do it, man. See you back at camp. Peace. Do we know how many kids they had total? Because she has four. She has right, four with, with them. And I think they had 10 total. Okay. Is I think. I can't look it up. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Um, so they smooch whatever. She's like, gotta go. He's like, gotta go. Separate. See you in, in a little bit. So the second relief saves three adults and 14 children. When they go to the camp at Truckee Lake, they found a house that had one adult woman in it. Um, she was in charge of watching all of the children in the camp. Jesus. And she was basically, like, sitting there, like, she's this bitch is fucked up. Like, she's not, like, mentally sound anymore. Yeah. The children are fine. They're, like, playing, like, chewing on human bones, <laughs> like, doing whatever. Wait, they cannibalized at the camp, too? The children did. Uh, this woman that's watching the children explains that she could not control the children. I'm sorry, what? They chose to eat the dead people out of instinct. Okay, okay, okay. So people were dying at the camp. Uh -huh. and they, people were dying at the camp. And the they children weren't being were killed. Like, we're going to eat these people because we're hungry. Yes. Wow, okay. Go, so I know you said I would eat children. a child. It was like fucking Lord of the Flies in this bitch. <laughs> like, the kids are literally, like, growling at each other on the floor. They're like, I'm fucking hungry. I, I'm going to eat Gary. They're like, Daddy, Daddy, would you like a bite? And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, where did you get that? Slaps the bone out of his daughter's hand. He's like, we're getting the fuck out of here. So they're feral at this point. They're Well, they've eaten so much human meat, to be <laughs> honest. They're just full of human meat. They're full of, they're full of their brothers and sisters' bones. <laughs> They're ready to fuck shit up, too. Um, at the Donner camp, they found that the children had eaten Jacob Donner um, almost immediately <laughs> after he died. Just, like, picturing the children. Like, the children were just like, we're going to eat all these people. If you want some, you can have some. Like, like they did not yeah, hesitate to eat these people. We're going to eat him out of instinct. So I read that the children, led by... Mary Donner, who's the one I said should die. <laughs> seven years old. She's seven years old and she's leading the charge. She's like, let's see Uncle Jake. <laughs> and apparently George Donner just cried and cried while he watched his family eat his brother. While he watched his children eat his brother. <laughs> Only 99 more seasons to go. Oh, God. The second relief... Um, who's bringing back three three adults and then 14 children full of human meat. Um, they just leave at the wrong time. They camp mm. in the wrong place. Mm. It's not great for them. God. Little do they know. Um, I mean, they had no way of knowing. That's true. They camped at the spot in California to this day <laughs> that receives the most amount of snowfall per year. That's just really bad luck. I read at one point there was a luxury uh, ski lodge in that exact point. Oh, okay. And now there's like a meteorological site that like they measure the annual snowfall of like the entire Sierra Nevadas there. <laughs> it is the exact wrong spot to be. Gotcha. But they don't know. 
Right. So on March 5th, they're hit with this massive fucking snowstorm. And it's just like a fuck ton of children and like some adults. Their fire pit begins to melt the snow around it and sink deep into the snow. So they're like 10 feet into the snow. Honestly, it's a great setup. You know how like in igloos they have like fires and it like creates like the ice and it like keeps like the cold out? Yeah. Until the one walls starts to cave in and buries them alive. Didn't happen. It creates like this little cave, like this warm space. All the survivors are in there. They're chilling. They're happy. They're eating food. Everything is totally fine. Real food, not human meat. (laughs) They're like totally fine. But Mary Donner's like, if you guys want some, I have some in my pocket. This one's like, Mary, stop licking me. I'm not dead yet. Um, Elizabeth Graves does not survive the night. No. Along with Isaac Donner, who's like a little kid. So an adult and a child die. It was then that James Reed decides that they need backup. Mm -hmm. Like shit's going off the rails. It's taking too long to get back. We need help. So he brought the other adult that was with them. I don't know who it was. I'm sorry. Um, And the rest of the search party, he brought them all back to Johnson's ranch. Mm-hmm. Leaving 13 children and one adult behind. Okay. When they returned days later, the children ate the two bodies. <laughs> so Elizabeth Graves and then Isaac Donner. Uh-huh. <laughs> what are the adults eating? They're just like... Not eating. <laughs> Seven-year-old Mary Donner is the one that's like, I ate my Uncle Jake. It was fine. What if we ate my brother? Hey, girls gotta eat. <sighs> this bitch is fucked up, dude. Girls gotta eat, Noel. So she makes the call. Seven years old. She's like, we're gonna fucking eat these people. And the kids are like, yeah, absolutely. Like, the, we've been doing this whole time. Like, yeah, why Why wouldn't we? So the rescuers come back and they find, like, this cannibal pit. They're, like, ten feet into the snow. It's, it's a bunch of children. Bones. One adult. Bones and blood everywhere. They're covered in blood. They look fucking feral as fuck. And they're just like, okay, what if? And hear me out. We buried the pit in and we killed all the children and moved on. What? No. They're like untold horrors. This shit is fucking, like we saw these kids, what they did at the camp. They're like, we can't save them. They're beyond saving. (gasps) Basically. Fuck, shut up. And James Reed is like, no. Okay. We've gone this far. (laughs) That would be metal. (laughs) That'd be pretty metal though. We've gone this. I feel like Mary Donner would claw her way out she of would. it and She'd like, be like get revenge, <laughs> like the Evil Dead. The but one like hand Mary Donner sticking out. It's got like a her brother's femur in it. She's like she carved it into a shank. <laughs> wow, she's got like a necklace of bones, like of, of ribs and teeth. <laughs> she's only seven. She's fucking hard, dude. Mary's seen she's some hard shit, as man. Fuck. Um, so they're like, we can't kill these kids. And the adults like, thank fucking God. Please help me. (laughs) So they rescue all these children. One man single-handedly carries nine children back to Johnson's ranch by himself. At once. So he picks up a kid, carries him like 10 feet, goes back, picks up one. And like, he's like doing like, you know, like when you like pass the bucket to like put a fire out. But it's just him. Him with all these children. Wow. And then the rest of the people are, like, carrying, like, a child. And he's like, I got this. We're good. <laughs> so they reach – then they reach the Donner camp, um, this third 
rescue party. Okay, so this all these children. So the cannibal children are they're safe, safe and sound. Okay, they're Jocelyn's ranch. The one guy did he eat human meat? Is that why he had so much strength? No, he was just like a fireman or something. <laughs> He's just super strong. <laughs> he was like so strong and so cool. Okay. Um, wait, I think I have his name. I think I put it in my notes, but I didn't put it in here. His name is John Stark. John Stark? John Stark. Wow. Saves nine children by himself. Wow. Yeah. Even even the cannibal kids. He doesn't care. He's like, <laughs> every child is sacred. And Mary's like, you smell like barbecue. <laughs> She's like licking his shoulder. He's like, as he's someone else her. carry this one. I cut the others. <laughs> if you carry her, I'll carry the rest of them. Okay, that was the deal. <laughs> he just didn't have to carry Mary. Oh, that rhymed. If he carried ten other children, I will literally carry all of these people. If you just fucking take this one away from me, please, <laughs> Mary Donner. Yeah. So the third rescue party gets to the Donner camp. There's only four people left. Okay. Um, it's George and Tamsin Donner. Okay. Lewis Keysburg. Oh, he's still alive? And Lavinia Murphy, who is the one that was in charge of watching all of the cannibal kids. Okay, so she's, like, messed up at she's this point. She's fucked, dude. <laughs> like, she's, <laughs> she's not okay. She's seen some shit. Lavinia <laughs> is not having a good time. <laughs> um, I would also like to know, I didn't really know where to put this in the story, so I was just going to, like, add this here. Lewis Keysburg of... Kasper, is it Kiesberg or Kasper? Kasper, I'm sorry, Kasper. Okay. Lewis Kasper of uh, Gallows fame. Kasperg or whatever. Yeah. Um, he Of Gallows fame. Previously ate a one-year-old boy. It died, right? Or did he? Um, We're, are we not sure? Uh, so George Foster <laughs> had a baby called George Foster. Clever and, name. Um, he was one at the time. And Lewis was like, oh, he looks cold. I'm just going to snuggle with him tonight. What? Gonna take okay, so him. he killed him then. We're just going to sleep in the same bed tonight. What the fuck would you give your baby to Totally fine man? and normal. Uh, George Foster is on the Forlorn Hope. So we're... Oh, oh, yeah. He's the one that wanted to kill everyone, right? Yeah. And his wife was there, too. And he was like, we're... Well, we just ate her. We'll just kill her, too, because she's a woman. Yeah. Okay, so he has, he left his kids. He left his kids. Got Doesn't it. give a shit. Okay. Um, And, and Kessberg is like... I'm just going to sleep with this kid tonight. Totally fine. Oh, not weird. Not like a sex thing, whatever. And then he wakes up and he's like, oh, he's dead. That's crazy. I don't know how Dude, he died. Dude, he smothered him. Uh, and then he hangs the boy's body up on a hook in the cabin. No. To eat later. I thought you were going to say he hung him from, hanged him from the gallows. <laughs> I wish. That um, <laughs> he <laughs> That he made while everyone was... He made, like, a baby-sized gallop. constructed it. It's like, well, I only have this amount of wood left. It's so only enough to hang a one-year-old. It's only enough to hang a baby. So he fully hangs this boy's body from this hook. Okay. And everyone's just cool with this? Uh, people are, like, whatever at this point. I guess I just saw all these kids eat people, so... They're, like, all shook. They're, no one's... Ha- again... No oh one is gosh. having a good time, Nicole. Yeah. You're doing what you're doing. Everyone's just, okay. that's what it is. Okay. Right. So he does it at some point. He eats his fucking kid. Uh, supposedly, when George Foster sees him at the, like, sees him, he's like, okay, uh, so if I ever see you again, 
I will fucking kill you. I would have just killed him right then and there. But I've been through enough. I've seen enough death. I'm going to let you live. And he just, like, lets it go. Okay. Okay. So, anyways, um, that happened, like, a while ago. I just didn't know where to put it, so I just thought I'd bring it up here. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how, – how do you even bring it up? I did not know. It's insane. I did not know. It's insane. So, anyways, the fourth rescue wave comes through. Um, they get to the camp April 13th. There's just the four of them left. Okay. The four adults. And it's, So, George and Tamsin Donner, uh-huh. Lewis, Kessberg, and, and Lavinia Murphy. Yeah. Got it. So it's led by this super fancy, like, man that's, like, known as, like, an adventurer. Okay. He, like, came from France, and he's, like, flamboyant, and he's, like... He's got, like, one of those curly mustaches. He has, like, an outfit for adventuring. Like, he's, like, oh, yeah. a fancy rich man that, like, this is what he loves Just, to like, do. like, everyone picture what you think this man looks like in your head. Because he, I've got a picture, like, a vision, and it's perfection. He's, like, wearing those pants that are, like, puffy on the thigh and, mm. like, tight on, like, the yes. calf. And, like, knee-high boots, like, Fully. leather brown. 100%. And he's got, like, a hat with a feather in it. Literally loves a feather. <laughs> he um, loves flair. His name? He lives for flair. He loves flair. His name is William LaGrosse. Oh, perfect. So perfection. Good. And he's in it for the money. He's like, yeah, I'll uh, go rescue some people. But I might rescue a couple dollars on the way. Oh, okay. So he fully just intends to, like, take all of the money, take all of the valuables, take everything that these people have left behind. Because when they're being rescued, they're just fucking going with the clothes on their back. They're like, we just want to... Get the food. Get us out of this fucking camp, basically. (laughs) Like, we don't give a shit about anything else. Yeah. So he goes uh, to just basically take all this money, right, with these few other guys. He rolls up to the camp. He sees no one. No one's at the camp. But there's, like, human body parts everywhere. He's like, hmm, this is weird. He goes into the, the main Donner tent the biggest tent and he sees a human head there on the floor split in half brains scooped out whose head george donner (gasps) so he was killed brains scooped out simmering in a pot lewis kessberg turns around he's like oh hey guys (gasps) no (laughs) yeah i'm the only survivor everyone else died so he killed everyone no he definitely died Man, this guy lives. I William really LeGrosse. He died. William LeGrosse is like, I literally don't give a fuck. All I want Where is money, is dude. the money? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, Lewis Kessberg is like, no, no, no. Um, see, what happened was, uh, I didn't murder anyone. George died. He had that super bad infection. And, like, he mm. couldn't hold on for three more days. You know what? I'm actually surprised he did hang on for as long as he did. Dude, right? Like, almost to and the That's end. surprising. He was also fully murdered. He was definitely murdered. And he claims George just, like, died. And okay. then Tamsin, who refused to leave her husband this whole time. Like, she could have gone with any of the groups. <sighs> just fully refused to do it. She's like, I'm not leaving George. Yeah. We're not doing this. Um, mm. she just died. 
like almost right after George died. It's, it was crazy. It's weird. It's, I don't know why. He said supposedly that she said she had nothing to live for after George died. Wait, so let me get this straight. Um, it took three days for this guy to come rescue. It was like just a few days. It was like Louis fully Casper. under a week. And he had to kill all of them. No, they died. So they just died. For three days. They just died. He couldn't like... They just died. Hold it or... No, they died. So Tamsin, who, remember, has a bunch of fucking kids. Yeah. She's like, I have nothing to live for now that George is dead. She goes to supposedly walk to Fort Johnson by herself, falls into a creek. Mm, Okay. Sure, sure. And then dies of hypothermia that day. Right, 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 right. Okay. Before she dies, though, Mm. she tells him to take all of their family silver... And take it to the remaining of their children, the remainder of their children that survive uh-huh. in California. So he's entrusted with that. Okay. So he needs all the silver. It's hit, yeah, to give to the kids. And then he fully doesn't even make up a story about Lavinia. He's just like, oh, yeah, here. Oh, yeah, that one? Shit, I was just hungry. Like, that's it. <laughs> Super chill. And LaGrosse is like, again, I don't care. Whatever fucking lets you sleep at night. Like, I don't give a fuck. Great. Um, you very clearly killed all of these fucking people and ate three entire human beings in like a week. In three days. <laughs> a, a human a day. <laughs> and the rescuers are like, where's the fucking money? Give it to us now. He's like, no, no. All I have is like what's in my pocket. And it was like 50 bucks. They're yeah. like, you're a fucking liar. So they put a noose around his neck. <gasps> no, no. The fucking irony. And they're tightening and tightening and tightening until he fucking tells them yes. where he buried the rest of the money. Okay. And they let him go. Damn it. I thought you were going to say that they hung him Ties on his own. His own gallows. <laughs> they hanged him. I hanged no. him. That's right. Yeah. They hanged him on his own gallows. Yep. No, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, LaGrosse and the rescue party dig up all the money. They're like, let's go. Let's fucking leave. Uh, so they all walk back to Johnson's ranch. Kessberg says as they're walking back, Tamsin Donner's flesh was the sweetest meat I have ever tasted. What? A psycho. And they're like, could you stop talking? That would be great. So does he just like part way? He doesn't follow them or he does because that's he. They that's go back to Johnson's to ranch. Yeah. Um, he's known for the rest of his life as a cannibal. <laughs> Jesus. And just, like, dies of old age. Like, everyone fully knows he ate people for fun. It's just, like, a thing. Like, didn't have like, to. Like, oh, yeah, Lewis. Yeah. yeah. He likes to eat people. So, overall, the Donners only lost three people. Isaac. And then mother. Oh, I guess four people. Four, four people. Yeah. Isaac, Tamsin. Um, George. George and Jacob. Mm. So, that's it. The Reeds lost no one. All, All of, of the Reeds survived. Oh, their kids their kids were scrappy. Fucking yeah. All of the kids were scrappy. Uh, no one in the Breen family died. Wow. And overall, there were 47 survivors for the Donner Reed party. Wow. Yeah. Most of them were children. Well, yeah. Yeah. And for the rest of his life, like I said, Louis Kiesberg was known as the cannibal of Donner Pass. Wow. But he's just like chilling, California. I mean, he's alive. At that point, he doesn't doesn't really give a shit. He's still alive. He's still alive. It's all of that sweet, sweet human meat he ate. That's That's the key to forever living 
So immortality. Yeah. So there it is. That's Donner Pass. I was super stoked to do this one. Um, I hope I did it justice. It was super fun. This is our first cannibal. This is our 100th episode. It is our 100. We haven't done a cannibal yet. I don't think so. We did Catherine. Catherine Noy. Catherine Noy. She didn't actually eat anyone. She though. didn't. There was she no proof cooked, of that. But she didn't eat. She's like cooked a guy. Who cares? She. I, I like to think she had a little taste though. Oh, she was like, a little boy. Was mm. bitch more only? It's nice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was a freaking wild ride. Yeah. Um, we are already pretty long in this episode, so I'm going to save a listener lore. Yeah, I just wrap it up, man. Let's go. So, yeah, if you guys like what you hear, please, please leave us a review or just, I don't know, give us five stars and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Yeah, don't miss a fucking bite of this meat, baby. <laughs> don't miss a bite of our meat. <laughs> if you um, want to hang out with us on the internet, Twitter didn't die, so we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on other social medias that I have given up on because they were boring. Yeah, and you can subscribe to our OnlyFans at Quite Unusual Pod. We do not have an OnlyFans. (laughs) We do not. Yeah, and if you want to support us with your dollar bills or like send us some human meat, um, why I'm just saying two things right now. You can support us on Patreon.com if you would like to. If you want a personalized shout out, we do at the end of every episode. Um, Join our Patreon, and we'll give you one. Every single week, you'll be a benevolent leader. Benevolent being. Benevolent being. We'll love you. You'll be part of our coven. We'll hang out. We got a cool Discord we all chat in, like, all the time. It's fucking dope as fuck. Can I plug the P.O. Box, too, because I'm on a roll? Do it. If you want to send us a human tooth, uh, send it to P.O. Box 1212, Displains, (laughs) Illinois, 60017, and I will wear it on a necklace. We'll take turns. Yeah, we will keep it. It'll be the sisterhood of the traveling tooth necklace. Oh, Cute, right? I love that. And as always, remember to celebrate the strange. And keep it unusual. Bye. And this is the part of the show where we give praise to the all-knowing leaders, supporters of the podcast, and all-around benevolent beings. To Tim M. To Evan K. To Katie T. To Adam K. To John S. To Caitlin R. To Alex C. And to Jeff S. Thank you, all of you, for continuing to be members of our coven on Patreon and supporting us because without you, we are nothing. We're nothing. We're like a little bone that a tiny girl has chewed upon until she got enough sustenance to survive a cold winter in Donna's Pass. (gasps) Yes, well, anyways, we really do thank you for sticking with us and it's been a really weird year for us, but... We truly, truly appreciate your support. We love you. We love you. Kiss your faces. And we would never, ever, ever eat you if we were traveling together and, like, you died. Unless you wanted us to. Unless you, like, gave us the okay, then we probably would. But, like, honestly, you could eat us if you wanted to. Oh, you could definitely eat us. Like, even if it wasn't necessary, to be honest. Yeah, like, just, I mean, take a little bite. It's fine. Like, I don't mind. Me neither. Okay. Bye. Bye.